They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunigs. From a new location, they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our low-effort, low-quality podcast. This is Lig Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Fuck my husband. No. Fuck my kids. I hate them. No, no. Fuck my husband. Taken, Fuck my no, kids. I hate them. Completely taken out of context. Jeez, that's not a way to start no, a podcast. Completely taken out of context. Fuck my husband. Fuck my kids. No. I hate them. Completely taken out of context. Completely. Hello. This is Matt, mm-hmm. the co-host. Yeah. Back to you. Uh... Well, that was... Fuck my husband. Fuck my kids. Jeez. I hate them. Okay. Not just from a different episode, different context. It's, uh, he's got this, he's got the soundboard now. He's gone mad with power. Uh, we got a great episode lined up for you. I think really Matt's gone so nuts with the soundboard, he missed the opportunity to make fun of me for mispronouncing my own name at the beginning there. I think I actually called myself Lig. Um, well, I can always go back. You can always go back and hit that one again. Uh, or 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 uh, rap on it and post. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. always likes to talk about doing stuff in post. Yeah, we'll post. hit it in post. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, got a good show for you lined up today. A bunch of miscellaneous items from the news bullshit we find funny. Uh, and to begin with, uh, you'll all be delighted to know, I'm sure, that Matt has found a new way to brain damage himself. He is on TikTok now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the biggest development I think in the world at the moment. Uh, is that I downloaded the TikTok phone, mobile phone application. The biggest development in the uh, world, like in all of world news? Mm-hmm, yeah. Is that you, do, you okay? okay? Yeah. Well, we're breaking it here. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, wow. So are you the, on the TikTok mobile phone application? Uh, no, I don't want anything to do with this. And you keep <laughs> sending me these links to the, to like. Do you click on them? Uh, yeah, you know, I struggle to understand. It's like poor people talking about killing themselves and stuff. <laughs> um, I, it's very kind of disturbing. I, I wanted to see, you know, uh, you know, because I, I, I do try apps from time to time. Last one I tried was Snapchat, and I really just could never figure out what the hell was going on with that. Yeah, I don't get I it. I think you have to have friends to use that application, That's so that dark, might be the main problem. Dark um, statement. There. <laughs> but I need social media applications where you don't need to have friends. That's the key. Okay. You know what I mean? It's rough. That's why Facebook doesn't really work for me. Okay. Um, but Twitter, but TikTok. Didn't you have to delete your Facebook because you got yourself in such a deep algo hole? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, th- 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 this is coming back to the TikTok. This is uh, this is what has happened in TikTok as well. Uh, you know, when you open the application, for those who are unfamiliar, I know we have some uh, older listeners, uh, including people my own age. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the hell TikTok and, works. Um, you know, y- you just open it up, and right when you open it, you know, you just get a video, just just starts auto-playing right in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know, it usually lasts like 10, 15 seconds, and then you can swipe up to go to the next one. Uh-huh. And I have an account, you know, and I don't follow anyone. I don't like anything. I just like, <laughs> okay, what, very strange. what happens if I just, you know, but it still has metrics because it can determine how quickly you say essentially next video mm-hmm. right like if you're not sticking through then i guess they're like oh he doesn't like that and so of course at first they just send you a whole bunch of like extreme sports and thirst traps and uh like uh, trick shots and shit like that at uh-huh. first you know like that's like the big one and i'm kind of like oh, i don't know i see a lot of seeing a lot of women on the internet this is not really and you know, so I, you know, you're just you, blasting through the ass and titties. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. This ain't my first day online, guys. Yeah, guys, it's much more. Um, Google big, big boobies get two billion <laughs> results. <laughs> I don't really get the point of that. Um, and so, eventually, you know, they just pepper enough shit on you. They, they that they figure out. Oh, here's one he actually stuck through. I guess, and then and then you're down the rabbit hole. And for some reason. 
the rabbit hole I've found myself in is I only get videos of depressed uh, blue-collar men, especially building trades. That's really it. It's I mean, to say blue-collar is even overstating it. It's only building trades. Yeah, so Matt sends me these TikToks. I'm like sitting on my computer. It's after the kids have gone to bed. I hear him sitting on the couch cackling. I'm hoping this doesn't broil over into something that has to involve me. Uh, and uh, I get a little ding. I'm like, oh, Lord, here goes. Click on it. And it's some guy who's like, uh, people ask me why I got into uh, concrete pump management. And then the clip just cuts to Alex Jones saying, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little retarded. That's a quote. That's a quote of Alex Jones. So you can do that. And the guy is apparently saying he's a concrete pump manager because he's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) That one was humorous. He was self-aware. He thought that one was funny. The thing that is interesting about this is that none of the almost none of the videos are are ironic or you know he was doing irony it's a weirdly it's a weirdly unironic it's a hundred percent sincerity of people just being like man i'm so depressed why can't i find a lady there's just Um, one really wet guy who's like i had a really good high school experience why did my life turn out this (laughs) this way yes this was like a 50 plus year old man who is weightlifting and the big thing is a lot of them, they don't say anything. Yeah, uh, this is a, something text. I figured. It's just text, which I guess makes sense because, you know, if you, most people, I don't know, not everyone can listen to the sound while they're watching TikTok. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to focus more on like, you know, essentially subtitling everything. And that was one of his was it was just like text after text after text. And he's just staring into the damn camera, just soaking wet because he's trying to uh, trying to basically, I think, squat. Uh, you know, like 200 pounds or something. And he's like, man, I used to have it. I was the, you know, I was the captain of the football team. And now, and he's just like, it's it's extremely depressing. And then you get a lot of uh, guys just kind of staring off into the distance. A lot of people just look at the camera and cry while they put text over it. It's really... Like for like 20, 30 seconds. Intense. Uh, just crying. Because I also so the the I would say half of it is buildings trades people, and about ninety percent of that is them being like depressed and like suicidal, and then I would say about forty percent of it, right? The next forty percent is single moms in their thirties talking about being single moms and and being depressed about it, um, for the most part, you know, and kind of like where are the good men <laughs> um, again i don't know why they send that to me um yeah. and then you know then you have a, a, a next category and i guess those are like uh, two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. tiktok's like oh if you like suicidal like blue collar men who's complaining about you know that they're alone and you know alcoholics and whatever then you're gonna like single single moms seems uh, like these people should get together also, it's racially bifurcated hmm. because I only, hmm. I mean, you know, I only get like white single moms. With the building trades guys, like, you do get some non-white um, people, but with the women, it's only white single moms. So I don't know what's going on with that. I just don't, they just don't send me the other ones. Maybe it's because they're the only people who <laughs> make content like that, <laughs> that in uh, other uh, racial groups is not as... Uh, you know, um, not as uh, acceptable to to sort of uh, do these kinds of uh, videos that they do. Then the other ten percent, I get you get um, a lot of videos of like Steve Harvey doing quotes about how you best not get up at nine a.m. You better get up at four in the morning. Okay. Nobody succeeded by having sleep and shit like that. Uh, like just weird ass Steve Harvey like inspirational quotes. Right. And it's like these blue-collar guys just taking videos of their work sites, and they're like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to succeed because I'm getting up at 4 a.m. Um, and then you have this one. This is probably the only upbeat version, and this is in that 10% slice, and they've decided that this is consistent with the rest of the theme here. Um, and it's just, uh, I guess this would be sort of the, the thirst trap element that I'm getting which is just a bunch of like, I would say like early 20s mm-hmm. uh, women, um, usually in a truck, and they just kind of making faces <laughs> at the camera with this song playing. It's a Friday night, it's a small town. 
and it cuts off there. That's as long as it goes, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of people kind of making f- making poses, you know, like look at me, I'm a small town girl or something. Um, very strange. No, um, no, I can't. I, I can make neither heads nor tails of that. Uh, there was also the guy getting out of his truck, uh, saying. He was lip syncing, I suppose. A lot of lip syncing. A lot of lip syncing. And he was saying uh, to to like his girlfriend's abusive ex, I kind of want to knock him out. I kind of want to buy him a drink. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, yeah, he was lip syncing to a song. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, I don't think about what he was trying. You know, he, he, a lot of it is like you kind of take a song and you sort of adapt it to hmm. some other situation. That song really wasn't a good one for that. Um but he was kind of the song actually says, I kinda wanna thank you. And then it's like me thinking about her abusive ex. <laughs> it's just and it the, he's completely sincere and it's more like the ultimate upshot of the video is that he's gonna beat his ass or whatever. Yeah, but like just, it doesn't really deliver that way. <laughs> it's kinda like the song is like, I have mixed feelings about the abusive ex. Maybe he's good, maybe he's bad, but he's really just trying to hone in on that he's going to yeah. whoop his ass. Um, but it's like, I, uh, sir, I need to think about <laughs> what you've said here. And then you have a bunch of uh, other ones that are like, uh, it's sort of like profound stuff, and yeah. they're, all, they're all to this. It's always this under it. And then someone says something. It's like, you never know, you know, you don't hear the bullet that gets you. One day is going to be the last day. That's true. That you see someone, mm-hmm. but you don't know necessarily if that's the last day. It could be some other day. Only if you only know only after the fact. In retrospect. And so you can't necessarily mm-hmm. do what you want. I sure do to be do. like that. Um, with them. And it's <laughs> a bunch of like <laughs> dumbass, like rambling shit like that. Um, and then lately they've been sending me, I feel like they're trying to get me out of the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the, that, that's just what it feels like. like. Before you become a mass shooter. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, shit, dude, we can only send you so many. Like the FBI is desperately trying to pump some upbeat sports stuff. Sports highlights into your feed before you lose your mind completely. <laughs> they do send me some baseball shit. They've decided yeah. I'm into baseball, which is my least favorite sport, but is the sport that would be most, I guess, uh, disproportionate to this group. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, who watches baseball? It's not, you know, it's a more, I don't know, kind of white working class. <laughs> it, I don't know. It's like, it seems maybe more skewed in that direction. You need a lot of space to play baseball. You can't exactly yeah. like have like robust baseball leagues in the middle of cities and stuff Yo, like that. Why do you, um, uh, this is a bit of a detour, but how come baseball attracts the like philosophers of sport? The beautiful game. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say the players. The players are dumb as shit like in oh, any other okay. thing. But you're right. The people who watch it definitely often have an inflated sense of and the reason is because the game is boring it's not entertaining to watch and so you have to intellectualize it otherwise it's just like what the fuck am i doing here i gotta sit here for three hours and like maybe the ball get hit like eight times i go what the fuck is this um and they're like no it's deeper than that every pitch is like a chess game all right or some people i think and this is a more reasonable one though i think they're still kind of overstating it a bit they're like it's zen it's zen it's like staring at a rock garden that's been carefully raked you know and but i I think the the more the more accurate kind of offshoot of the zen thing is just like hey it's great. There's 162 games a year, so you can always go to the stadium and sit there and get drunk and eat hot dog, and it's like a cool thing, like just visually. It, the field is pretty, and so it's it's more just like a place to just chill, like sitting at the beach or whatever. Um, and there happens to be a game that, and occasionally some excitement. Um, no, yeah, my view is uh, I don't understand any sports. I know the rules of zero sports. I don't care to know. And it's all just a social event where you have people over to your house who make some snacks and the girls hang out in the kitchen and talk while the dudes make noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. And then, uh, so, so yeah, so that that's part of the milieu. That's why they decided. And then the thing that they're trying to like, lately they've been feeding me these videos that are like, I don't know, it's like, it's like, you know, people trying to discuss kinks and stuff. Oh, what? 
what? I don't know. They just send me this shit. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm this not- isn't going to help. This is just going to make everything worse. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, shift off the video. I'm oh. interested to see what you have to this say is about it. This is fucking time is a flat circle. <laughs> this is just going to recreate Tumblr, Matt, where you're like trying to adjudicate furry fandom shit. Like, is it or is it not pedophilia to be a baby fur? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, they're not theorizing kink. They're just like basically saying, I have this kink, but doing it in like a weird fucking way. Um, Is there a non-weird way to talk about being a baby fur? Like, I mean. Well, you know, it, there are weirder and less weird ways. Well, I would so, say doing well, some kind of like. Lay thing. it out. What is the, like, you know, you brought it up. So what's the deal? I don't know. I mean, it's just some shit. I mean, dude, like, come on. I'm on the internet. Like, <laughs> you know, I've I've not been introduced to anything that I'm <laughs> unfamiliar with. What are they saying? Are they like, sure do love being a baby? <laughs> no, no. It's mostly just like, you know, light sort of like, uh, grab my throat and oh, shit like that. that you shit, know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like who, who doesn't? Fifty Shades yeah. of Gray type stuff, Choke I guess. me out, daddy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a bunch of like variations on that, which Horrible. whatever, fine. But it's like, it's, you know... It's not. I'm not. It's not a novel thing. I'm mm-hmm. unfamiliar with. And and I, why are you putting this on the internet? Yeah, this is, see, the of... FBI is trying to make you bust <laughs> so the cum don't back up into your brain and cause you to do a shooting. It's the it's the Chinese Communist Party that yeah. runs TikTok. Well, they're actually. doing. They're oh. they're helping, right? I mean, it, that is the leading cause of male violence is the the cum backing up into the brain from the balls. <laughs> That's possible. And causing yeah. madness. Well, or suicide in this case. And yeah. I was thinking today, you know, that the TikTok niche that they put me in. It's like, it's like what should have come of me, you know, like if I didn't, (laughs) if I didn't get that 99.9 percentile PSAT score, which kind of just put me on a whole different path Mm -hmm. because then you become a national merit scholar and it just fucking everything Mm -hmm. like shifts from, from there. This is what I would be doing. I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, I believe uh, at one point, when you were graduating law school, we were walking around in the Kroger in our hometown and you were talking to me about your plans if you did not become an NLRB honors attorney mm-hmm. and you were not willing to become like an employer side labor lawyer. And you were like, well, I could still become a long haul truck driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, truck driving is uh, possible. Well, part of the problems with all this is like the people in these trades and trucking is one of them as well, though I don't get a whole lot of trucker vids weirdly. They, you know, it's like, this is how you make the most money in that educational strata, Mm -hmm. right? This is like, if you're trying to get the most amount of money, despite the fact that you don't have a high school degree or maybe only have a high school degree, like, this is what you could do. But in exchange for that, it's like fucking long ass hours and oftentimes it's like remote like you might have to go like somewhere for a month and live away from your family to like build this big ass building oh yeah my uncle's an electrician and he had to go up to kansas from texas for two months for a project and you know that's probably a a strong contributor to uh their um issues with uh romance and uh, loneliness uh potentially yeah but it's like but you could make like 150 doing that it's sort of like, yeah, oh, well, well, you know, you know. They do pay you well, but also your life is, uh, you know, it, you can't use the money. Um, but I could see myself doing that in that setting, being like, oh, shit, well, okay, I don't have a college degree, so what am I, okay, well, let's just follow the money on this. I guess I need to go get an apprenticeship and become a pipe fitter or something. Um, but what was the guy saying about being a welder? Which one? He's like, I was going to become a welder to build America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was one. This was uh, the only one that I thought was sort of self-aware and conscious a little bit. I should have probably pulled the uh, audio on that one. But he he was kind of making fun of... Because there are these videos that definitely are like success guy versions of building trades. Yeah. And they're very much like... One like theme is like, you know, I had patience. I would, you know, I started out low, you know, you're an apprentice, but now, man, I'm making 130 a year as a lineman. Um, and he <laughs> was kind of like, you know, they're like, I don't know, they kind of celebrate that their success. And maybe they did actually translate that into having like a nice truck and a, and a home with 10 acres or something like that. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because whatever. And he's just showing how like just head to toe dirty he is because he's been on the job site 
It's like, ah, oh, I'm doing this, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. to have a look at my bank account. Oh, shit. And it's like less than $5,000 in the bank mm-hmm. account. Like, ah, oh, but I got this badass truck and his truck's just a piece of shit. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, but for my lady. And he opens the truck. Oh, there's no lady. And he, oh, he's God. Like, oh. And then he finishes it with like, why am I doing this again? Oh, um, fuck. So anyway. But I feel like that that that's my alternative. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, TikTok in a in a the Chinese Communist Party in creating TikTok, they you know, they're able to peer more deeply into my essence. You know what I mean? Like if I were in the more in the more like identitarian game, I'd be like, That's really who I am. This is who I am deep down. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what it would be. Where so. I come from. There's also a lot of guys posting videos of sad country music, um, uh, you know, underneath it, and they're just talking about their DUIs. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's all been very enlightening. Everybody stay tuned to see how much more brain damaged Matt gets. Oh, it's incredible. This, it's incredible. Uh, strange. Uh, I can't stop watching it. Strange new way he's found to mess his mind up. And I wonder if the new infusion of, of kink talk videos is going to overtake the blue collar depression videos. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to play out. I guess I need to strategically. Old heads will remember you used to be an aficionado on weird Tumblr kink stuff. Oh, I love Tumblr. Yes, like, absolutely. Matt was, uh, was like the official. He was the librarian of Alexandria of Tumblr. Mm-hmm. He had an encyclopedic knowledge of, of uh, different Tumblr plot lines. Yeah, I, you, you make a really good point in, in analogically. Uh, you know, another point, someone uh, in the Slack said it's sort of like live journal. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's like, it's like a video-based live journal. And it's like, yes, exactly. Just as that was a train wreck, uh, this is a train wreck. Um, but it's better because it's instead of having to read like hundreds of words, just, you just read like maybe 20 words and then someone's like sort of swaying to a song <laughs> while they're talking about <laughs> their miserable lives. And also it's like uh, it's Tumblr-esque in that I, there's sort of a discourse happening, but it's fully non-interactive where like people on Tumblr are making points or arguments and people are responding, but there's no dialectic happening. Yeah, you know, I mean, they do have, like, response videos. Like, someone will do a video, and then you can respond to it, and, like, first their video will play, and then yours will cut in at some point, and then you could do your thing. You do get you do get a good good number of those. Um, but there's no guarantee that the, the actually, you know, that if you have uh, a point that is actually a contradiction, that there's going to be a synthesis of any kind. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, like, no, I don't think there's a developed dialectic in any sense. Um, and so you get just fucking wacky stuff. I like, the I mean, even. I love the dialectic. I do too. So he would be unhappy with it. <laughs> he would be. It's really more of like cul de sac after cul de sac after cul de sac. And I would say more than anything else, it's just people saying me too. Not in the. Yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> <laughs> well, in yeah, the that as well, something. honestly. Um, um, and very glib. I feel like they're super I don't, I don't glib. feel like the gravity of it. Um, a lot of sincerity, but it's a lot of just kind of like, oh, I saw someone do a video where they're like, "I'm a single mom and I where the good man at," and then it's like, "I'm gonna do one too," and I'm gonna use the exact same song in the exact same text, and I'm just also just gonna stare at the camera, and we'll, I'm gonna, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna blossom a thousand of those, and TikTok's gonna give them all to Matt. Well, I'm sure this will lead nowhere good. In the meantime. Uh, Matt was speaking of, uh, damaging his own brain, uh, watching old Dale Hansen clips for some reason. So this is a character who's beloved to us in North Texas. Dale Hansen. Yeah. He's, uh, the channel eight, uh, sports guy. And I should say, I actually, I'm just stealing this bit entirely from, uh, the, the hang zone midday show. Um, because they played the, these uh, Dale Hansen clips, um, but I mean, also they're just playing clips. Like, what did they do? You know, um, but they—they are the ones that tipped me off to the existence of these Dale Hansen clips. Uh, Dale Hansen is retiring after some forty years as the Channel Eight sportsman uh, in DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, and uh, you know, he—I've known Dale uh, for a long time. He's kind of a blowhard. He's kind of hard, insufferable person to uh, experience as He's a, like as a, a customer. He's like a little old man. Uh, he, I'm just telling you, I, my impression of him from having listened to him and watched him on TV is f- fucking annoying. Um, little old dude. 
and uh, they had some clips. And, uh, you know, even if you're not uh, a sports DFW guy, although weirdly we have a ton of uh, listeners who are in uh, disproportionately that way, uh, you will know the first clip because this clip actually went viral. And I remember it going viral back in the day um, because it was Dale Hansen talking about uh, a gay player in the NFL. And so it became kind of like a gay rights viral video mm-hmm. because Dale Hansen looks like an old white man and he's from Dallas and he's kind of talking a certain way in which you're like, oh, wow, like this is the kind of guy you would think would be against gay people mm-hmm. and actually is for. Of course, if you know anything of fucking about Dale, if you're not like an internet person just clicking retweet on a viral video. You're like, no, th- this is, he would fucking absolutely, this is what Dale's going to do. Um, but it went viral and you know, it's a fine video, I guess, as far as these things go. Um, but we'll just play that video and then we'll see what came of it. You want to do that? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. It was quite a weekend. That little dust up in Lubbock Saturday night. And then yesterday, Missouri's All-American defensive end Michael Sam, the SEC's defensive player of the year and expected to be a third to fifth round pick in the NFL draft, tells the world he's gay. The best defensive player in college football's best conference, only a third to fifth round NFL pick. Really? That is shocking. And I guess that other thing is too. Michael Sam would be the first openly gay player in the NFL, says he knows there will be problems and they've already started. Several NFL officials telling Sports Illustrated it will hurt him on draft day because a gay player wouldn't be welcome in an NFL locker room. It would be uncomfortable because that's a man's world. You beat a woman and drag her down a flight of stairs, pulling her hair out by the roots, you're the fourth guy taken in the NFL draft. You kill people while driving drunk, that guy's welcome. Players caught in hotel rooms with illegal drugs and prostitutes, we know they're welcome. Players accused of rape and pay the woman to go away. You lie to police trying to cover up a murder, we're comfortable with that. You love another man, well now you've gone too far. It wasn't that long ago when we were being told that black players couldn't play in our games because it would be uncomfortable. And even when they finally could, it took several more years before a black man played quarterback because we weren't comfortable with that either. So many of the same people who used to make that argument and the many who still do are the same people who say government should stay out of our lives but then want government in our bedrooms. I've never understood how they feel comfortable laying claim to both sides of that argument. I'm not always comfortable when a man tells me he's gay. I don't understand his world. But I do understand that he's part of mine. Civil rights activist Audre Lorde said, It is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. Mm -hmm. We've always been able to recognize them. Some of us accept them. And I want to believe that there will be a day when we do celebrate them. I don't know if that day's here yet. I guess we're about to find out. But when I listen to Michael Sam, I do think it's time to celebrate him now. All right. Come on, go off, Kane. <laughs> All the weird claims in that. Um, yeah, you know. But, you know, fundamentally you get the, the gist of what he's going mm-hmm. for. It is a little bit jarring to, uh, you know, it's Sunday at 10 p.m. on the local news channel and the sportsman is quoting Audre Lorde at you. Um, straight fire. <laughs> it's really kind of... Kind of bizarre, but uh, someone decided uh, to remix this, and it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So I had to share it. Yeah. So we'll just (laughs) play that. It is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. I'm not always comfortable when a man tells me he's gay. I don't understand his world, but I do understand that he's part of mine. Part of mine. Part of mine. There we go. I don't understand his world, but he's part of mine. That's right. Part of mine. Okay. Part of mine. <laughs> I don't got understand African his children's world, chorus. Okay. Yesterday, defense event, and Michael Sam tells the world he's gay. Tells the world he's gay. Alright, no, no call for that. Okay. There we go. River dance. The video is incredible as well. Yeah, it's a lot. 
This man tried to make a sincere gesture in the world towards, you know, civil rights and equality. And this man's just like... Some shitlord with like, LOL. (laughs) Look at this fucking dude. (laughs) Just just irony completely. What I can guarantee you about the irony poison individual who made this is he doesn't even disagree. No, 100% agrees. Yeah, is like... This is not an... Like, oh, we're making fun of him. It's just that, that, like, accepting gay love is such a foregone conclusion for this generation (laughs) that these kinds of monologues are just funny. (laughs) Like, Audre Lorde on the 10 p.m. sports news in North Texas (laughs) is just such a weird spectacle. Yeah, he's got... He's got NASA celebrating, like God, exploding when the, the you know the lunar lander hits mm-hmm. and shit. I no. hope everyone's very proud of them. No, hundred percent. He's like he's you know some he's, fucking twenty five year old shitlord. Yeah. He's like yeah, of course. And he's just like give me a fucking he's sitting break. there with his Mountain Dew Baja blast, <laughs> watching Dale Hansen quote Audrey Lord, and he's like okay, all right, all okay. Right. I know what I'm doing the next, right. for the next thirty hours. I'm gonna dump this in Slack as soon as I'm done. <laughs> My slack that's called like hillbilly dong measuring contest. Me and my 20 friends with master's degrees. Well, and then like, what is the audience for this? Because you, <laughs> you, you need like, it. To, I know. Yeah, it's twisted. You needed to have seen the first thing, which I guarantee you like only a few hundred thousand. I mean, it did go viral, I guess. That's the audience. So there is some connection because it went all over the internet. But it's like <laughs> from there. It's Oh, my God. Yeah. I really, I was just, I was just killing myself listening to that. Um, yeah, I know. I was in the kitchen. You're like, you have to listen to this. Like, <laughs> it's oh such Lord. a long buildup as well. Cause it's like, yeah. you got to watch the first video and you're like, okay, are we just going to watch a fucking this thing? And it's like, no, wait, wait. And then the video ends and you're like, what was that? And it's like, nah, nah video two's coming. And then it's like, boom. Oh my God. Yeah. But you got to, you know, you got to, you got to, put in the hard work to get the payoff. So I hope the listeners appreciated that. Um, um, the next topic uh, uh, is, actually, a, is a actually, 30 second quick hit. Actually, uh, 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 we have um, a note from Jared Merrick. Okay. We have a policy recommendation from Jared Merrick. Okay. Uh, we haven't heard from Jared in a while. Yeah, I hear from him every single day. Oh, so do I. Um, um, and, but he does have a policy recommendation that I just wanted to put to the audience. You guys can sound off. Okay, this is just coming in. The producer is, is, is telling us. Yeah, in the comments. Todd in the booth has put it up mm-hmm. uh, on the board. Um, Jared says, let all male citizens who are circumcised get SSDI. Okay, that's yeah, a disability. It's a disability. Okay, I could see that. That's you know, that's a novel, and I can see it. <laughs> you know, we create incentives without banning as well. Um, well, I mean, I guess it would create the bad incentives from his view, since he's anti-circumcision. Um, <laughs> oh, it would incentivize the state to encourage people not to. Yeah, they, yeah, it would give the state a reason not to. Oh. Um, but <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. That's a really good one. Um, okay. I do think that it would be more appropriate to use more of a kind of like disability allowance type system because SSDI is more if you have a work limiting disability. Yeah. But you can get compensation for disabilities that are not work limiting, but mm-hmm. are you know that nevertheless you want to compensate people for not in the US but other countries. But I get where he's headed with it and I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I certainly respect it. Uh you know, uh if we had had a boy, someone emailed me to ask about this a while ago. Um we had discussed what we would do if we had a boy and we were not going to circumcise. Yeah. I mean, Jared's very persuasive. He's very persuasive. And so he, you know, he made that, you know, he made an impact. You know, and Paul is also very, also pers- girls not circumcising. Yeah. Them either. We, didn't, we didn't circumcise either didn't of our any FGM. Um, and you know, in the Bible, Paul's like, uh, I hope if you're going to circumcise a baby, you drop the knife and cut your own wiener off. So I'm like, you know, who am I to disagree? I don't mm-hmm. have a wiener. It sounds good to me, shit. Anyway, uh, speaking of the, the Old Testament here, also known okay. as the, the Torah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Twitter user who I'd never heard of before who's apparently maybe a comedian or something. I've never heard of her either. I don't know. But she wrote a piece. She's a She wrote a tweet. Her name is Eve Barlow. She, she wrote a tweet where she said that she was with a friend who saw a sign that said free parking, but her friend believed that it said free Palestine and had a panic attack. Mm. Eve then said, you know, the Jews are tired, folks. They're tired, okay. Yep. Um, and, yeah. You know, and so everyone, um, everyone laughed at her. And, yeah, and make you know, fun of her um, because that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to give an example of someone who actually did something anti-Semitic. I feel like that's going to make a more sympathetic case than I was so crazy that I read a very normal thing you read in society, which is yeah. free parking as something else, and also that it triggered me, even though in and of itself, even the phrase free Palestine is not, I wouldn't say inherently. You know what I mean? It's, it's not uh, like it's a cruel phrase. Yeah, I mean, you would uh, have you have to make a lot of leaps and fill in a lot of information to be offended by it. And right, you know, nor is it anti-Semitic. Um, also, uh, the sign isn't going to hurt you. <laughs> yes, um, that's as well. You know, you, you know, you, you allow it, you're, you're you're easily triggered, too easily triggered. Right, you got to work on that. The sign also doesn't know if you're Jewish, doesn't know if you're regarding it. Like, I wouldn't gather that I'm in imminent danger from a sign that said, you know, you know, it made a statement about a political cause I disagree with. There's just no reason to get there. Uh, But at any rate, it was a a widely, I would say, um, ridiculed tweet. And, uh, And so Eve Barlow on the 25th, which is this Monday, uh, or something. Tuesday. Uh, wrote a, a piece for the tablet. Um, tablet magazine. Tablet mag, which is a great publication. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm. uh, what did she title this piece? She, I so, like titles. Well, she didn't, she didn't headline it, I assume. Oh, okay. Because, you know, no one headlines their own piece. But mm. uh, it is about the, the things she suffered for that tweet. The headline is the social media pogrom. The pogrom. So the and, editor you know, thought that okay. Yeah, and you know the po- you know pogroms were uh, the sort of rampages in Jewish districts of uh, typically Eastern European, but sometimes Western European uh, cities uh, by Gentiles, which often concluded with the deaths of Jews and the destruction of Jewish property. It reminds me of um, the Clarence Thomas claim that. Uh, Anita Hill was engaged in a high-tech lynching of him. Yeah, uh, and so uh, the the image on this article, the social media pogrom, features some uh, some Palestinians. It seems burning an Israeli flag, um, and over that, a little comment box, sort of a confusing graphic that seems to have been made in maybe two or three minutes. Um, yeah, there's a clown emoji, a fire emoji, mm-hmm. a Palestinian and Israeli flag emoji, yeah. a fist. And a laughing guy. A laughing guy. Um, I don't know what he's up the, to. The deck, the subhead on this is Twitter will not free Palestine, but it will certainly make the world a more anti-Semitic place. Okay, so let's see how bad it got mm-hmm. on Twitter. So, I mean, the way here, I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm going to start this off. Right. Okay, as an article, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to hit people with like this Nazi shit that we get on Twitter, which there's a fucking lot of, right? right? All over the internet from the fucking chans and whatever. Right. There's all this groiper ass shit like, you know, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, we have personally. So she's going to fucking. Remember, I mean, some guy threatened to murder our children literally because Mira Tandon dropped out. Right, right. She's writing an anti-Semitism piece. So so, we're going to, she's going to, she's going to forefront some really violent, hot, dangerous, scary shit. So let's, let's get it. it What's the first sentence? Let's hit it. I don't know who crafted the first tweet that simply said Eve Fartlow but whoever it was, bot or human, started a fire. Over the past two weeks, Twitter has been littered with the words Eve Fartlow. Every time I tweet, this title is the response I attract, and it is pelted at me irrespective of what I write. Hundreds of trolls, some with blue ticks and some without, just start responding to me, Eve Fartlow. Uh-huh. Some people have recently switched it to Eve Shartlow. Okay, yeah, it's evolving. <laughs> but Eve Fartlow seems to be the one that sticks. 
if we donated a JNF tree to Israel for every time someone tweeted Eve Fartlow, there'd be no Negev left. Okay. Um, uh, there you go. There's the pog. There's the pogrom. <laughs> there's the pogrom. There it is. That's there very it compelling. Is. It's very fits very well with. <laughs> <laughs> you know the title and the framing of the piece. I saw her tweet it out, and somebody was like, uh, "She, she, she tweeted it out with some comment like just another Jewish woman who won't shut up." And someone was like, "You keep telling them about the terror that we live in every day." <laughs> and some groiper, like legit a Pepe frog dipshit, replied, "I think most of us got over." Th- the terror of being called a fart when we were toddlers. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, Trump was just in office a hundred days ago and already the stakes on everything have dropped so fast. <laughs> like the absolute terror, like weren't, weren't we just supposed to be in the literal grips of fascism and the collapse of American democracy? And now it's like I'm being terrorized by being called a fart. <laughs> it's it's pretty incredible what has happened? And I, you know i just don't see you know it's a level of self-parody that's just kind of <laughs> hard to understand i mean i get the gist there's this there's this move going on that basically is saying people who are coming down really hard on israel's actions mm-hmm. uh they're causing anti-semitism and it kind of gets conflated where it's sometimes it's like, wait, are you saying that some people are also doing anti-Semitic things? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that coming down on Israel is itself anti-Semitic? Are you saying that, okay, it's not that people are necessarily doing anti-Semitic things. It's not necessarily that criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic, but it is also the case that just raising the salience of critiques of Israel, which may or may not be legitimate, causes some people to then go over the line and be anti-Semitic, and so you shouldn't even do that, right? You shouldn't even, like, spread. It's like a, a version of the uh, people who said that me sharing uh, the meme of President Xi, uh, uh, you know, doing Sprinkle, the, the doing salt the bay. salt bay with the, co- the COVID virus. Yeah, d- using, uh, yeah, salt baying COVID spores all across the world that yeah, I by was the causing way, hate crimes now the time Now that it turns out that that is basically what happened, with the lab leak. Well, let's be clear. God, I'm like, God, what a fucking crazy debate. All day on Twitter, it's just people being like, oh, lab leak proves this. And it's like, I don't. who gives a fuck? I mean, and it's like, it's such a high stakes thing. People are very uncomfortable today. Anyway, for people who are completely unfamiliar, you know, initially uh, mm-hmm. people were saying, oh, well, COVID came from a bat that was sold at a market. People thought it was a zoonotic disease that emerged from crossing of certain animal viruses in this wet market. It was always the case that in that same town, there was an, a lab that also mm-hmm. manufactured these things for research. And so mm-hmm. it was always kind of like, well, that's weird. What if something got out of the lab? And when people floated that initially because it was like Republicans that did that for mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know, anti-China reasons or whatever. There was a big backlash. It's like, you're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. If you believe that you're completely insane. Yeah. And now there's like more credible reasons to believe it, but also who knows. And in, in any case, there are mass, these are massive stakes for certain people yeah. <laughs> and they're really, they're really into it for some reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, uh, I have I don't know for sure seems possible uh, no reason to instantly dismiss uh it's not clear to me what the actual uh stakes are of of one trajectory being true versus the other I do find it really funny that there's like a battle going on to do, to like assert that one origin story is racist versus the other when like i don't know both seem kind of equally potentially racist to me like if it comes from the wet market that's like how people eat in china right like you know well, i mean I don't know. i've been doing a troll that suggests that it's uh, a market that sells alcohol <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's wet that's what's wet market. versus a dry market yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like... But, but you're right about the point uh, that the meme of uh, Salt Beijing yeah. uh, COVIDing the world, I, when that came out, I almost tweeted that again and was like, ah, yeah. see, this is actually right. But I was, you know, yeah. as part of the social media pogrom, I was actually prevented yeah. um, psychologically yeah. from doing that because I didn't want, you know, to stir it up too much. 
And it's not like, I don't even think, I think some people, some of the lab leak geniuses are behaving as though it's a biological weapon. But I, I don't yeah, It was think, always sort of unclear. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, it's that you're right, though. That's sort of like that's the only reason it kind of would be interesting, because then you're like, oh, my God, like they have blood on their hands. But I mean, what kind of biological China infected a shitload of some people as part of like, a, yeah, you know, it seems unlikely. So instead, it's just kind of like, well, if it happened naturally, quote unquote, then it's sort of like, oh, shit, accidents happen. What can you do? Um, but if it happened through a, a mistake of, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, of a, hu- a human error, well, now we can be mad. And yeah. mad at who? Like the Chinese government. I guess if the, the, the Chinese government was <laughs> sitting in this lab, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's probably no, some fuck up. as Human some, error, yeah, right? So. Like whatever. Anyway, you want to see that shit show play out on Twitter? You can go watch that happen. Yeah. See a bunch of people pretend to know about shit they know nothing about for fun and profit. Anyway, uh, if you want to, if you want to see an even more amazing conversation, all right, you can bop on over to N Plus One Magazine. Oh, okay, we're going to Octopus. So, uh, if you want to flash back to earlier this year, I believe it was in March, maybe. I have no idea. Uh, you know, there was this documentary that came out mm-hmm. earlier this year maybe last year um it's about a guy who's like living in the cape of south africa and he's just like a weird dude who's kind of become disconnected from life somehow like i don't know he's just like bored and whatever kind of closed off and then he starts going diving in like scuba diving in the ocean mm-hmm. um and he has a really good camera and that's critical when you're going to make a documentary um, oh yeah, for sure. You need so to get that 4K going. He, he's got the great underwater camera. This is key. It's like you can't be a food blogger without the good camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he was diving in the ocean, and he he meets an octopus, and he's like, "Oh, the octopus like isn't afraid of me and doesn't like freak out and run away." So yeah, a lot of sea creatures aren't necessarily as horrified of humans as land creatures are. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of curious about him. And there's all this fuss made about how smart octopuses are. Indeed, they're pretty clever uh, compared to other animals. Not compared to Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they're nothing compared to Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, but to other animals, pretty smart. And so the guy starts hanging out with the octopus and like just kind of swims around and watches it doing its thing, eating and like picking up shells and like changing colors and shit. You know, stuff octopuses do. And it like kind of like sticks to the guy and he swims around and like they're buddies, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes in the water and every day dives and hangs out with his octopus friend. Mm-hmm. And through this, he starts paying closer attention to details, to the rhythms of nature. And he gets in this routine and by kind of slowing down and being a part of the world, he fixes his relationship with his son with whom he had become distant and just kind of gets his life back together emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right, So it's kind of this quiet, sweet story that's uh, akin to Charlotte's Web Mm-hmm. which is about how, you know, paying close attention to nature uh, can teach human beings to, you know, slow down and and appreciate the rhythms of natural life, including the cycles of birth and death, right? So at the end of Charlotte's Web, not to spoil it for anyone, Charlotte dies. At the end of My Octopus Teacher, right? The octopus dies. That's nature. That's life. Uh, the kind of fragility of life is part of what makes it so beautiful and worthy of our close observation. That's what My Octopus Teacher is about. It's like a family movie that kids would enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting on Twitter in March having a good time and I noticed that an author who wrote the book Full Surrogacy Now uh, tweets about the uh, erotic relationship between the octopus guy and the octopus. Mm -hmm. Specifically, she tweets that it is sad to her that he would not let himself um, 
hold her even for a moment uh, when he clearly wanted her so badly and desired to have and indeed did have a form of sex with her mm-hmm. because, uh, but simply couldn't let himself admit it because of his erotophobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of like, a, kind of closeted in that Yeah, sense. he's he's closeted. So I, I, I quote tweeted this with, you know, at what point do we just hang it up and like admit Western civilization is a failure? Mm-hmm. You know. And a lot of people replied to that and were helpfully like, wait, he didn't, he did not have sex with the octopus. He didn't fuck the octopus. And I was like, what? You're telling me he didn't even fuck the octopus? Here's a spoiler. I already knew that. Mm-hmm. I was not referring to let's hang it up and admit Western civilization is a failure because the guy fucked the octopus. I was referring to let's hang it up and admit Western civilization is a failure because we're sitting around on Twitter fantasizing that the guy fucked the octopus. Yeah, unfortunate ambiguity yeah, there. Are we talking a, about the speaker or their content? Yeah, a little bit of a wry ambiguity I mm, did on you there. Unfortunate. I feel like it's uh, not a great not a great thing that in academia we sit around and kind of, but but what if this family friendly ABC Kids documentary, which is mainly about cool footage of the ocean. Yes, it's driven by images. We're about fucking the octopus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. When you know? I replied, uh, I the, no, the guy didn't fuck the octopus. He didn't. And it would be wrong and fucked up if he did. Um, the brilliant rejoinder to that was a link to a book review of some other fucking book about fucking an octopus by some other woman in the London Review of Books which was written several years prior. Also, sometimes it happens. I'm like, all right, that's a cool Amya Srinivasan review. This guy still didn't fuck the octopus, right? I don't know what to tell you. He didn't do it. But he could have. So now you can bop on over to N plus one and read by Sophie Lewis, the author of that tweet. I have not read it. My octopus girlfriend, which is a very long piece. Mm, Too long. it, uh, It begins... This way. My octopus teacher debuted on Netflix in September 2020 to a world thirsting for social communion yet terrified of contamination, a world at war with vapor, to say nothing of wetness, and a sheltering cabin feverishly in the precarious dryness of the indoors, all too ready to escape visually into the alien intimacies of the Atlantic. The group behind the film, The Sea Change Project, is a small initiative devoted to using artistic and narrative methods to pursue biome protection and social ecology on the South African coast. Its co-founder, Craig Foster, is the star of the film and the lone human who speaks on screen. Set in the kelp forest near the Cape of Storms, where Foster spent much of his childhood, my octopus teacher is the product of more than a decade of collective labor. It deploys mainstays of the marine documentary genre with disarming skill, a snorkel cam, panning shots of sea-filtered sunlight, quote, ethereal chanting background audio that lets the viewer know when to feel awe, sadness, amusement, and so on. Even when there is no octopus on screen, the viewer is intoxicated by Foster's solitary swims through the icy shallows, the dense columns of kelp. All right. I mean, it's fine so far, I guess. I mean, not my cup of tea, but whatever. It's, you know, it's film review. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Here's the, here's where it gets into it. All right. We teed up. To say my octopus teacher knows it is a love story is not to say that it transcends the narcissistic conception of love that clings to most heterosexual romance plots. The tradition of love as personal growth opportunity that encompasses Entre Atres, Petrarch, Indiana Jones, and the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. The archetypal white lover is as enthralled as much by his own love as his love object, such that his love is always threatening to become, in a sense, colonial. Put the encounter underwater, however, and the scene is liable to evoke vulnerability and radical equality instead, like those teenagers, Romeo and Juliet, kissing in a swimming pool. 
one might be tempted to say exultingly that there is no time when a human is more octopus-like, libidinous, umbrageous, vulnerable, radiantly sexy, omnipotentialized than when she is in love. Okay. A first confession. Did I say in love? I meant on acid. I don't always know the difference. What? What? I was certainly tripping on LSD when I watched my octopus teacher. Okay. I like to think I would not be so presumptuous as to write about octopuses and their suitors were I not lysergically enhanced. Okay. So then then this this whole thing veers into, look out, we got a badass over here. She does drugs? Woo! God, fuck, man. Whoa. I thought I was maybe Does dealing. She drink too. I thought we were maybe dealing with a square, but uh, here's a hint: we have a cool person on board here. We got a cool person on deck. Uh, this is somebody who uses the LSD, the lysergic acid. Damn. Uh, who's dropping the good stuff? Who's tripping the balls? Uh, and she talks about dropping acid. And here's another quote. Not long before, a human person, let's say it was me, had dropped acid and walked into the clear cold water of Harriman Reservoir, the 2,000-acre lake created by the Harriman Hydroelectric Dam in Vermont. By the time she walked out of it again three hours later, she estimated, a good 0.01% of its contents were surly composed of her cum. The reservoir had taken her in its tinkling, mineral embrace and what? laid her on the buzzing currents just below its surface and unendingly fucked her. Okay, no, it just didn't happen. Wait, is she is she describing her? Yeah, she's saying she's she, saying she she fucked the lake. She she did some some scissoring of the lake. She's saying she got she did she dropped acid and fucked the lake, right? And so what this is setting up is her later conclusion that yeah, in the sense that she fucked this lake, the guy fucked the octopus. Uh huh. Which is to say. Neither of those things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good analogy yeah. in that sense. And so, so here is my humble point. I am not as smart as Sophie Lewis. Well, I don't have a PhD. I am but a humble infill who dropped out of my PhD program. Give those to anyone, really. But here's what I am. I'm a journalist. And our job, humble job it is, is to try to ascertain whether or not some shit happened. And then write it down. It's a job for simpletons, right? A child could do it. In fact, there are lots of little TV shows about children doing it. Sir Harry the Spy and so forth. Nancy Drew, right? And I'm just going to say, based on the evidence at hand, the guy didn't fuck the octopus. Craig Foster is innocent. He did not fuck the octopus. There's no fucking evidence this guy fucked an octopus. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you want to... You can say, oh, well, but is fucking not... No, no. Well, what if you... What if you define sex to mean something that's not sex? Right. So if we then say do, if we say it. fucking means going swimming, then yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking and then you put an asterisk on fucking and then down at the bottom of the page it says by this I mean went swimming with. Include swimming. They're good to and go. It's like, yeah, then, then, we're, then go. we're good to go. You're good yeah, to go. Sure. So then he had a form of problem? sex with the octopus by going swimming then, with Liz? the octopus. What's your problem then? Then I'm just being a fucking square. What's your problem? Then I guess I'm erotophobic. She's clear. She's made yeah, it Yeah, we're all in the clear. You just I'm redefine just the words and... Why did we dump multiple no. thousands of words on this guy fucked an octopus and you're erotophobic if you say otherwise when all you really wanted to say is he went fucking swimming with the octopus. Yeah, well, here, I got this idea that I came up with, right? Okay. So what you do is you describe something using words that if they are interpreted in their um, common usage creates a kind of shock and yeah, like, exactly. whoa, and interestingness. But... Um, if I need to, of course, I will say, oh, actually, I'm using the word in an idiosyncratic way. And once you understand my idiosyncratic meaning, it's really not that interesting. Uh, right. What if I, uh, I don't know, uh, did that all the time, everywhere in all of political discourse? Because <laughs> that's basically like what I'm up against. Right. All. I mean, some people might call it a Mott and Bailey. I think it's, I think this is a phrase for this called a deepity. But what if know. we just nonstop were completely fucking dishonest? Hey, what if we had claims that are not that interesting? We want to make them interesting. Oh, well, how don't I make an, a different claim and redefine it and just fucking muddy the waters? And it's just like, you know, I mean, that's the linguistic turn 
that's cultural studies in a sense. That's it's artistic a waste of criticism. my time. Look, it, to me, it's fucking. I just can't imagine people would basically want to traffic in confusion in order to kind of evoke sort of artistic feelings. Like to me, I just like why? What the fuck's the point of this? But there's obviously a lot of people who are especially turned out of uh, postgraduate programs um, that. Uh, are you know they have different consumer preferences than I have, so <laughs> it's that's why like, there's a whole magazine dedicated. I just, to it. I just want to, I just want to point this out. Okay, I realize this is like a popular discursive method for whatever reason, and I mean, when we were going back and forth about this on Twitter originally, I kept asking, like, trying to drill down, like, no, 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 what does it mean? Just tell me what you mean. Like when you say he had some form of sex with the octopus, what series of actions on his part are you referring to? And and she would never say. She would always say, well, you're just being reductive. Uh, you're just being falsely naive. You're just asking fakely naive questions. You're doing sea lining. Right. I mean, you know, but I could never get an answer. Um, and in the piece in M plus one, she goes on to talk about how my back and forth with her resulted in her being harassed and blah, blah, blah. Mm, sure, yeah. yeah and Another I, I, social media pogrom. Yeah, and I get that. But like, uh, yeah, you said a guy fucked an octopus when he didn't. You went in public and accused a guy of having sex with an animal. Mm, that's illegal as well. Yeah, well, Can't yes. Do that. And also it's morally wrong. Most people, I realize that if you're in a graduate program in the humanities, you have probably come so far from thinking having sex with an animal is any kind of problem. What if the animal consents? You're like, oh, geez, I really have to work my way backwards into a mindset where I can understand how it would be wrong to have sex with an animal. Mm -hmm. But like to most people, yeah, it is it is clearly morally a problem to have sex with an animal. Uh, and yeah, you just accused a guy of that and he's innocent. He didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But you sent your toxic followers to say yeah, that's yeah, incorrect. Yeah, I understand um, that's mean, and so. like, but but <laughs> there's no ownership of this at all. Like, if I if I wrote in the New York Times or the Atlantic or the Post or anywhere I've ever worked that someone had sex with an animal, and then published it and tried to get out of it by being like, oh well, but in some sense, have we all not had sex with an animal? By the way, that line appears in the N plus one piece. Well, there you go. She's well, like, so the film is pretty unremarkable. It's she's like, like filming breakfast. Have we not all had sex with an octopus? No, man. I haven't. Shit. I don't know about you. Yeah. I wonder, like, with 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 this kind of situation, partially, yeah, we're just playing the usual game of use words in idiosyncratic ways in order to generate feelings that are based on interpretations that use yeah. the common meaning. Um, but also, partially, I wonder if it's just like, this is just a completely different thing that's being engaged in, like, I think I made this point <laughs> when you brought this up to me. It's like, yeah. maybe it's easier just to think like, this is just poetry. Like it's I know it's, art, I know it's yeah. written as argument and there's like, it's prose structured and it, but like, it's basically just poetry, right? Like you yeah. just kind of read it and it gives you impressions. And in fact, isn't that basically how she basically saying she engages with the world or whatever? Yeah. It's like I watched this and it struck me this way. And I think, I think moreover what this is, is, the sort of defiant refusal to engage with um, an objective reality that we all have access to and can therefore build a mutually accessible discourse on her sort of refusal to engage with that is um, her sort of making a counter presentation to the audience. So this whole, uh, if you think he had sex with an octopus, you get my shibboleth thing you're in the cool crowd you're in the swimming in lakes while dropping acid in vermont crowd mm -hmm, you're yeah. in the cool hip crowd and if you say i i don't see any evidence the guy had sex with an octopus and i don't know what you mean by that crowd that's the lame square trad calf nazi crowd let me just put this to you okay i respect you enough to try to communicate what i'm thinking to you i am actually trying to tell you what i think I respect you enough to try to give you an account of what I think. This person does not respect you enough to try to do that. She is just saying some shocking shit and uh, knowing that you want to be cool enough 
to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, he kind of not. Yeah, 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 yeah like absolutely. He, he's for sure. He or... for sure fucked the octopus. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. If he wasn't erotophobic, he would admit he was yeah. balls deep in that octopus. There is something very interesting, and this happens online, but it also happens offline as well. And I guess this is sort of the classic kind of cultish yeah, feeling, which like, which is pr- which is present not just in cults, formally speaking, but just like. You know, when you kind of find yourself for one reason or another connected to a group and you just sort of are willing to kind of pretend you know and <laughs> what's going on. Right, that like, you're hip to their jive and I, you're like not. <laughs> I see this with MMT people all the time, which is to say like the lower like fourth and fifth tier MMTers who are yeah. on Twitter who like you kind of will catch them on something and it's just like... Nah, you just don't get it. I get it. And, and you're like, well, just explain it to me. Uh, nah, you fucking loser. You're, you know, shit, you dumbass. You know, it's like, it's a sort of mechanism of for social cohesion in some sense, I feel like. and But it can be exploited, right? So you can, right. you can exploit it if you're a kind of cult leader to get right. people to come in and, and ignore sort of the incoherence and at times ridiculousness of it and you can also exploit it online to kind of get everyone yeah yeah, yeah, what what you're saying what exactly uh roll eyes like yeah right uh, you're trying to be like a kind of charismatic hot shot in some kind of corner of twitter then you just you know you do your little shibboleth thing you know haha you fucked an octopus and everyone who doesn't agree is you know whatever nazi or a trad cath but it's like look man we can all watch the fucking documentary. I don't know what you're getting out of this. I'm just saying the guy didn't fuck an octopus. Thanks for joining us. Mm. He didn't do it. Didn't happen. I'd like to be didn't fuck her. Under the sea in an octopus's huh. garden in the shade. Just swam around with her. Different He'd thing. Let us in. Knows where we've been mm-hmm. in his octopus's garden in the shade. Adios, Coco. I'd ask my friends to come and see <laughs> an octopus's garden with me. I'd like to be <laughs> under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Adios, mofo.